Hi, everybody. It's Hi, everybody. Fall. Happy fall. It's, we're happy. Okay, so we're giving this a go. If you're listening to us on Spotify and Apple, we are trying out YouTube. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> if 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 you never see this on YouTube, you'll know that it didn't go well. <laughs> so there you go. All right, Kim, Falls here. It's here. I'm so excited. And our second Q&A. Mm. Yeah. Well, listeners, at the beginning, oh, man, it seems like a long time ago. Back at for back to school, we did a Q&A episode where we put out a post on social media and we ask you for questions. And we got some good ones. Yeah. Excellent ones. So we're going to do that again. We, our plans are to do that every quarter. So yeah. the second Q&A will release on November 8th. We want you to be on the lookout for a social media post in the next few weeks where we'll ask you for your questions. Yeah, I think so. And we can help problem solve mm -hmm. issues that you're having that you might not have expected to have back in August, but now you're risen. <laughs> I have a few myself um, working on. So talk with your friends at lunch or, you know, whenever and come up with some questions that you guys would like help problem solving and we will do our best. So I think that that post will be coming out in the next few weeks. So yeah, be on the lookout. Yeah. Yeah. I like Q and A. Me too. I like to hear what people want to know and then, and suggestions from some of our friends. I think it helps us good. grow too, because sometimes yes. we need to be contacting others we to help do. us problem solve. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay, so last week we interviewed mm. our guru, yeah, our Dr. Renee Calhoun. She's so smart and so classy. I, I wish we had her on a video. Oh, me she's too. So lovely. Me too. And so calm and well spoken. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we've learned. Both of us have learned so much from her. Yes, I want to be just like her. Mm -hmm. She shared a lot of good ideas about yeah. engagement. Yeah. So, what was one of your favorite takeaways? Okay, so she talked about interactive modeling, which I never really thought there was a difference. I thought modeling was modeling, but she said it's more effective than traditional modeling, which is, for example, modeling positive behavior. So you're interacting with the students, not just you uh, modeling, but it's interactive with mm -hmm. the student. And she said that the research shows that when we teach that way, children achieve greater faster and longer lasting success. Well, I think you can check the temperature of the receiving of mm -hmm. your knowledge through that yeah. too. That was the biggest one for me because I, I like modeling for kids, mm -hmm. my thinking strategies, but I think that involving them in the modeling, that interactive piece is, yeah. and that have greater benefits. Would up engagement too. Oh, absolutely. Or at least participation. When you know that they're engaged. Right. So you, you think they're engaged, they're looking and they're nodding, <laughs> but they learn really young. Uh, how to, to play be. school. Yeah. Yes, yeah. they do. A hundred percent. really yeah. do. So one of my top takeaways was that studenting, which I learned from um, the building thinking classrooms, and that is That's kids playing thing. school, mm -hmm. being very um, just under the radar, or acting like they're doing everything. I mean, they're even almost like they're even taking notes, but they're really just mimicking exactly what I say. Mm -hmm. And so that that is not engagement. No, it isn't. And really, it is in it's participation. Just, no, it's just it's just <laughs> learning how to play the game at, of school, and, right? And not causing a problem. These kids aren't causing problems, but they're, but they're not learning. But they're not learning, and so they they kind of slide under the radar mm -hmm. a little bit. Very passive. Mm -hmm. And then we teach this, what we think is a bang up lesson and then they do terribly. And it's because they've been studenting. Yeah. Cause yeah. their brain hasn't been turned on. Yeah. I say that all the time that sometimes in classrooms when I'm in there, it's almost like a glass window between the students <laughs> and the, and the kids, the teachers are doing a really good thing mm -hmm. and the kids aren't being a problem. Right. But really there's no, interaction between the two sides transmit it doesn't through the wall through. or permeate i guess that doesn't permeate this well i was just thinking about kagan kagan defines a disruption as anything that interrupts the teaching process or anything that interrupts the learning process oh and so when we have these kids studenting or just being super passive it is a disruption in their learning. Mm -hmm. yeah. It's not a disruption for the classroom, 
but for that child, it's a disruption in their learning. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's a big, it's a big deal that we pay attention to engagement. And it's a, it's a huge problem because it can, you can go a long time and that's going on and you don't know that it's going on. Uh, yes. And then they take the test or you give an exam or even you play a Kahoot. They can't answer any of the mm-hmm. questions. And then you're like, well, I taught that and I, you wrote some stuff down and it looks like you were uh-huh. with and it. You and you weren't. I'll never forget. I was uh, doing my national boards many moons ago and I had, I did a read aloud for my submission for my video submission. And I was so excited. I was like, I've got the video. This is going to going to work. And I watch it. And the little girl right Right below my knees is using her post-it note as a curling iron. (laughs) The whole lesson. And I did not realize it. That was me as a little girl (laughs) and maybe an adult. I don't take your post-it notes away uh, from very me. Very good at studenting. Oh, okay. Anything else stand out to you from Renee's episode? Well, that was the biggie. Um, I, I think really just that whole building relationships with kids. Mm-hmm. I, I know that, you know, you know that you're taught that you try to live it and breathe it. But I think just really reconsidering that. It just will give you fruit in every single thing you do. Mm-hmm. There's just no question about it. How about you? Well, I think th- one of the biggest things that I always think about when I think about engagement is I must remember that there is a difference between participation and engagement. And so my students can be doing the Kahoot. They can be doing all this stuff. But really, if their brain is not fully turned on and going deep, then they are just participating. Mm-hmm. And, you know, all that research that we shared from Hummel and Hummel, if we are going to count on that they will remember stuff for the test or for later learning, they've got to be engaged. It has to be more than just participating. Right. And so that's the first step. Yeah. Yeah. To get them doing the things. Yes. That, and, and if I'm doing that, I'm like score. Mm-hmm. But if I really want to make a difference, which I think we all do. um it's it, I've got to take it up that depth of knowledge ladder or blooms, whoever you use, but to really make, make the learning stick. I'm thinking about my students, my sixth graders were learning uh, Latin roots and we're about to finish that part and move on to Greek. And man, that's, it's kind of boring. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. kinda, it's dry. It's important. We make a lot of words. We try to do some silly activities. I have keyword cards. I've drawn pictures but I'm doing a lot of the work Mm. and I've got to think about how to, we've played games. There are lots of games that you you can play and they love that, Mm -hmm. but I've got to think about really how to raise that depth of knowledge Mm -hmm. or that, how to make it, how to make it go deep. And then once we get it to go deep, then it will stick. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, I just think in my life when I learned about engagement decade uh, over a decade ago, it completely changed me as a teacher because that, be- that became my focus. Mm-hmm. You know, of course I know that I don't need to teach them fractions or whatever, but my focus is on how will I get fractions in their brain? And since I've made that shift, I think I, I am a different teacher because of it. I think so too. I think we both are. And I know this about myself, just questioning with these students, is this, is this a passive activity for Mm -hmm. them? Are they really going to use this? Is this, and how can I make sure they're using it? Years ago, I wouldn't even have questioned. Right. It would have been, can they pass this test or can they answer these questions or can they match these roots with their, um, you know, their definition or whatever. Or if they were just doing whatever I asked them, I would have been happy. Oh yeah. But now I analyze it on, am I taking them deep enough? Mm-hmm. And this is a group of sixth grade boys. So they got to be active. <laughs> they got to be active. But they're so good. They're such great kids. But, you know, I think about me. I'm, if you want me paying attention to your lesson for more than three seconds, I, I need the same stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, my attention span is terrible. I think we live in a world where everything is switching all the time and we're, in between apps and we're 
in between tasks and And impatient and all those things. I read an article and then I heard it quoted on a podcast from a really smart man. um, And he was talking about, we, I think we have been lapsed by the goldfish or almost by the goldfish, Mm -hmm. our attention span. It's like a nine seconds or something. And so, and that's overwhelming to hear from a teacher and thinking I have to be, and you don't have to think every nine seconds, I've got to do something. I've got to do a cartwheel or anything, but we do need to be mindful of engagement in our classroom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I uh, was on the elevator the other day and literally, I mean, you know how fast an elevator is. Mm-hmm. It's way faster than walking flights of stairs. <laughs> and I was waiting for the door to open and I was literally going, come on, like, like the door. I mean, you're, you're waiting six seconds maybe. And I couldn't even be patient enough to wait the door open. That's terrible. Oh, it is. Terrible, terrible. Well, so, I yeah. always tell my students, my teacher education students, board kids don't learn. No. They just really don't. Mm-hmm. It's It's got to be our focus. Yeah, it is. And that leads us to today. Yeah. That's right. So today's content is about engagement and participation strategies. Mm-hmm. Laura and I are going to work with that a little bit. Uh, we've, we've chosen some of our favorite engagement strategies, and they may be participation, they may be engagement, and ones that we use in our own teaching lives that we've seen fruit out of. And what we've chosen today it are general strategies. And so these strategies can be applied. In any content. In area. any content area. Yeah. And, and then next week's episode, we've chosen like our favorite math strategy, our favorite reading, writing um, strategies. And really, most of these can be applied K through 12. Yes, they can. With some modifications, of course, kindergarten and first grade. Um, but we think that you'll leave, you will leave this episode armed with engagement with, strategies. Yeah. Tried and true. Tried and true. So I will start out. I'll start us out. You go okay. with that. That's uh, great. Uh, my first strategy is something called a table mat. So what I want you to picture is, and I will put a picture of this in the show notes, but just a sheet of paper divided into four sections and it's labeled one, two, three, four, but it also has A and B on it. So really, you're just going to have to look at the show notes to see this. Mm -hmm. But the way that I use these table mats is it sits in the middle of the table. Or if I have desks, I will put them in fours and it will sit in the middle of the middle of the um, desk tables. And the closest number that you are closest to is yours. So, Kim, you are a one. You're a number one and she's A and I'm a number two and that's B. So the person sitting in front of me would be a three A and the person sitting in front of Kim would be a four B. So I know that's kind of hard to, to visualize, but how I use this in participation, this is really participation unless I can go deeper, is I will throw out anything like discuss this question or turn and talk with your partner or whatever. And I have different groupings already at my pocket. Okay. So you can say A and B Mm -hmm. or one and four. Or I say, you know, talk with your shoulder partner, talk with your face partner, or, you know, talk with the A's need to talk. The B's need to talk. Okay. And sometimes that involves standing up right by their table, but a little bit of movement. So they're not cross talking each other at a diagonal. Mm-hmm. But then I can also say, everybody stand up, put your number up in the air. So Kim would have a one, I would have a two and I find your number. Oh, okay. And so I go Across around the room. Mm-hmm. And so all the twos from all the tables come and meet together. Or sometimes I'll say, find uh, evens, find an even odds find an odd or evens find an odd, you know, whatever. But what this does for me is it immediately, when I feel them slipping, when I see their eyes start glazing, I can pose something for them to do and with a partner or with a group, and I don't have to plan it out. It's look at your table mat and go. Okay. And I just cannot, like, I will never teach again without a table mat. Mark Miles. This is a whole class one strategy. And this one that I'm showing is I got it off Teacher Pay Teacher. 
And I mean, it has peanut butter jelly. And so like find your peanut butter jelly partner, find your peanut butter partner, find your jelly partner. And there are much more sophisticated ones, but I just always have these ready. And yeah, but I've taught high school kids and, and you did. Well, this is what was on my college students just because I wasn't going to make any more. I already had these ready. Yeah. But I just put them on cardstock and they stay there all year. And it's just great because it's partner, partner pairs or group pairs ready to go. Okay. And boom, immediately. It's just like when you're driving and you get tired and you roll the windows down or you start chewing gum or you listen to a song. It just perks you up. Okay. And so that's, that's really the way I use these. All right. That's a good one. I like it. Now my mind is going to be working on how can I modify that for a small group? Mm-hmm. I guess I could give everybody a letter on each table. Well, my friend Morgan, she has little cards and they have shapes on them, I think. I'll have to look at them again. But she makes her pairs like that. So maybe you could modify like it. the triangles together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because they end up talking to the same person. If they turn and talk, it's always to the same person. Right. The small to move. The smaller groups are, are much more difficult. Tricky. Yeah. Well, the next one will work with a small group or a whole class. I've okay. used it with both. It's called Add and Pass. It's really one of my favorite ones. Terry Davenport and I did this years ago at Mark Tree. And she said she still uses it. Oh, so I love Terry. I know. She's so smart. Such a good teacher. Mm-hmm. So the way this works is each student is going to write something. It can be a response to something that they're learning. It can be an essay. It can be a story. Okay. Uh, So here's how it works. Each student begins their story or their essay with an introductory, either a sentence or a paragraph. It can be either thing, depending on how many kids there are. Mm -hmm. Terry and I actually- And the age group. And the age group. Mm -hmm. We did this with fifth graders, I believe, and each- Student just wrote a sentence and then we passed it around the classroom. You could do it if, like, with me, with my small group of students, I've been working on introductory clauses with them for their their grammar part. Mm -hmm. I'm going to have them do a clause, write their introductory clause, and then pass it, and they can complete it. The next person will. Mm -hmm. Okay, and then the next person adds on to that piece with an introductory clause and then pass it. Okay. That's my idea. We're going to work on it. Well, like I have done it using my table mats or just, you know, the four people at the table. Like if we did it on this episode, the first person may start out with engagement is is very important for teachers to consider. And then it moves right. to the next person. Right. So they would start with a sentence mm-hmm. and then the next person adds a detail. And you can give directions along. So the next person is going to add a detail. Mm -hmm. And then the next person is going to add an example. So you, I pass it. I read what you have. So you have to give them time to read, read what that person has. So someone has written an introductory sentence. Maybe the next person adds a thesis statement. Then the next person adds um, an example. And the next person adds a detail. Okay. So you you direct them as mm-hmm. it goes. And you keep circling with this one piece of paper each around the classroom or around the group until the original person gets their piece okay. back. The kids love it. They do. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of kids, writing is very intimidating for students. It is. Mm-hmm. And so that, uh, it makes it a little bit fun and brings a little bit of excitement to where if you just had them write maybe that paragraph first first off on their own, they would have been kind of down. Yeah. But this is a great They little, just tried to write a sentence. Mm-hmm. And they, that's the way they view it. But really, they are writing a paragraph mm-hmm. because they're having to and write the second, the third, the fourth sentence too. That's right. That's right. So if you, um, let's say you're studying, I'm trying to think of, we're doing Greek and Latin roots, but I, I could do, we're reading Brian's Winter. Okay. So we could do a retelling of Brian's Winter and everybody writes um, maybe we were studying the character of Brian. Mm-hmm. So they write a detail about Brian and then they pass it and somebody else gives an example of that. That would be really good. Yeah. Thing. I think, I think I just thought of something <laughs> tomorrow. There we go. Do that. <laughs> um, yeah. Our friend Amy at a workshop. Wow. 
I think I had had lost uh, one of my children. So 2012 ish, she had, she had us to add it with a piece of chart paper. Do you remember that? Yes. And kind we, of a carousel. we stood in lines mm-hmm. and the first person wrote the sentence and then everybody was, has to be staring because they have to be thinking about what could they contribute to mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Um, but the seated version is much calmer. It is. It <laughs> but is. the same concept. Get some up. Yeah. You need to get them mm-hmm. up. And you know, I've got sixth grade boys. So and I could have two groups of three mm-hmm. and then they just circle around. I could do it that way to yeah. get them up out of their seat. And if you didn't want to use chart paper, if your board's big enough, you could just block mm-hmm. it off there. I could. But, yeah. but I mean, in every, and we'll talk about this in a little bit, guys, but in every strategy, it is structured out to the T with our guidance and, you know, something like that, when we have them standing up, they will get a little bit wilder. And so we have to really set the expectations and they will and monitor it. (laughs) But the whole time I'm not only writing, but I'm reading, Mm -hmm. I'm reading somebody else's ideas. And then I'm thinking of new (gasps) ideas. And that is, that is money right there. Yeah, it is. I love that strategy. I do too. Okay. So what's your next one? Okay. My next one is layered, but I want you to picture our table mats again. Um, the table mats and the, the robins that I'm about to share can all come from Kagan. But this is something that you can do to peak those brains very quickly. So the first thing I could do is a rally robin. So Kim, let's rally robin um, dishes that we love to eat in the winter. And what we're going to do, listeners, since we're just rally robbing, is Kim will say one thing, I will say one thing. Kim, me, back and forth until the teacher says to stop. Okay. Are okay. you ready? I am. Favorite dishes to eat in the winter? Lasagna. Um, chicken and dumplings. Chicken and dressing. <laughs> Uh, smoked turkey. Spaghetti. Mm. Okay. Well, I can't think of my next one. But anyway. Chili. <laughs> chili. Oh, yeah. Chili. Chili dogs. Burrito <laughs> chili pie. See how it rolls out? Walking tacos. <laughs> Walking tacos. But the rally robin is just you are structuring it out to either be your table partner, your face partner, or maybe you random group them up and, you know, uh, up around the room. They're standing up. But only one thing is said at a time. Okay. Okay. So now a round robin, not the round robin reading, which I do not encourage at all, but the round robin talking strategy is it would go all around the table. So number one would share, number two would share, three would share, four would share, and we would keep going around it. You know, that not only helps with uh, content, but it builds uh, working memory. Oh, and social skills. And social skills. Yeah. Because you really do have to wait for your partner's before you can talk. Yeah. So you can do it with little kids. Mm-hmm. Um, you can do animals that live in a jungle. Yes. Animals that live in the zoo. Animals that live on a farm. Invertebrates, vertebrates, types of muscles. You can do so much, many things like this. Yeah. yeah. Uh, just very much. So many of these strategies are alternates to study guides. You know, study guides where we're copying down answers our studenting behaviors. Mm -hmm. And so we can incorporate some of these things to review. Right. And so many, like, it's just, this is just good stuff. It is good stuff. Okay. The third one would be a timed round robin. So the, the teacher would say, okay, ladies and gentlemen, here is your question you're about to discuss. You will go around the table until this timer goes off. And that's two minutes. And so, and you have to teach them, okay, what do we do when there is silence? What do we do when someone cannot come up with the answer? But it is something that goes continuously around. Do you give prompt cards ever? Oh, not what I've done this, but I think that would be great to do. I've done something like that with cooperative grouping where they had prompt cards to kind of keep it moving. Like a bounce card? Yeah, like a bounce card. Okay, I got you. Yeah. So I usually, yeah. I could, I could provide those for kids. And, you know, like if you had a math talk poster or something, Mm -hmm. I think that would be good. And the last Robin is an all record round Robin. So this is a little bit slower, but as, as we're sharing around maybe reasons we love winter, this would be a great pre-writing strategy that I have to write everything down that my group has said. Oh, 
Yeah, that would be. So then mm-hmm. you're brainstorming. Yeah. So, you know, Kim shares, we write. I share, we write. And then imaginary partner three writes. But those are all, that's four very quick strategies that I can pull out of my pocket on the run. And when I mean on the run, I'm saying in the when I feel the slip or when I feel like I need to mix things up, boom. Yeah. All right, guys, we're going to do a rally robin really quick. Boom. And start yeah, rolling. that's good. Yeah, that's good. I forgot about that. One. Oh, I, I just, I am a fan of Kagan through and through. I know, me too. So this next one I think is a total participation technique. Mm-hmm. It's a inside mm-hmm. outside circle, which is kind of like the robin. So you divide your class in half. You've got a circle inside and a circle surrounding them on the outside and they're facing each other. Mm-hmm. And you give a topic or a question, you pose a question or there you give them a word and they have to explain, not just define, but explain what that meaning, mm-hmm. the meaning of that word. Um, and and then that the circle rotates. We did this in a workshop, too. I, I have used a strategy a bunch. I it's love it. One. So it's like the Robins, but it, they're standing up. Mm-hmm. They, you know, you say name. um a bone in the leg. Right. I don't know. Well, and tell where it's located. And tell where it's located. And so they they tell each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I've done it where my inner circle is okay. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're in the inner circle, you'll be sharing first. And then B, before you respond or before you share yours, you must respond with a comment okay. back. Okay, yeah. And That's so cool. really encouraging social skills, eye contact. And this is a huge voice control thing because everybody's together mm-hmm. sharing. Yeah. But it's beautiful. And then inner circle, you stay put. Outer circle, you shift to the left. And if you have an uneven class, teachers, you know, you just are the, you're the other person. You're the person to make it even. High school, uh, world history Mm -hmm. and U S history. Oh, I mean, it could just be a, ask a question and B answers it. And then B ask a question and a answers Mm -hmm. it. I mean, inner outer, I should said a and B, but I mean, you, you can take these strategies and go anywhere with them. You can can do math facts. We could. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Brought them 47 times. (laughs) Pass. Yeah. All right. So the next one is numbered heads. And I think everybody, TPT, uh, Kagan, everybody uses this one. So you count off the, the students and then they do a task. So maybe I have fives. I have groups of fives and I number you all off and then I give you a task. So I can either have you discuss something. I can have you read something, whatever. I can have you write something. And then then I will call up the class and say, okay, all my threes, you tell me what phonological awareness means. Okay. Number, if you're a four, you're going to give me an example of a phoneme segmentation activity. Like you, you're just, everybody is accountable for the work, but they don't necessarily know what they're going to be doing mm-hmm. with the reading or with the writing until it's over. Okay. Did I explain that? Yes. And that would be really good. I'm thinking of my kids again. So like every day we do, I say a sound, they tell me the different ways to spell it. So like ch ch can be spelled C-H in the initial position, T-C-H in the final position Mm -hmm. and C-H in the final position. Okay. When do you use that? You you have to tell how to spell it and when it's used. It's T-C-H and a one syllable word after a short vowel. You use C-H after any consonant. Oh, English language. Or a, a vowel <laughs> digraph. Yeah. So they would have to tell, which I make them tell me anyway, mm-hmm. but they would have to tell their partner and their partner can support them. Yeah. Okay. okay I'm going to do that too. Um, typically, I use this in fours or fives bigger. So you, you'll just have to think about it for a small group. But it it spreads the demand of what I'm asking the class mm-hmm. to do. Uh, you know, a lot of times we'll use um, not a jigsaw, but maybe we'll read a chapter or read a section. And I will let the students discuss, you know, what did you learn from that? Then I'll say, okay, I want the ones to tell me this or the twos to tell me that. Okay, that's good. And, and sometimes I've done it. Okay, I want the ones to, you're going to answer this question, check it with your neighbors before I have somebody share. Yeah. And so that kind of gives a little safety. Yeah. And yeah. it turns all brains on. Mm-hmm. 
system. Instead of one kid just mm -hmm. doing all the work. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. The next one is guess the fib, which is like two truths and a lie. Mm -hmm. But what you would do is you would write, maybe, maybe you're studying, I don't know. <laughs> Let's say you're studying the American Revolution. Okay. And then you have different topics about the American Revolution and you write four statements and one of them is untrue. Okay. And I have to guess the fib. So there might be a page that has six different topics with four subtopics about it. And one of those in each one is a fib. Mm -hmm. Guess the fib. And they have to decide which one is untrue. Yeah. And why and it why. is yes. untrue. Yes. Yeah. And that would, that would bump up the thinking. Mm -hmm. And they like that. It puts yeah. them on. Yeah. And I always say, I am trying to trick you. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I'm yeah. trying to see if you really yeah. know your stuff, right. but they do like it. They do like mm -hmm. it. Yeah. And it's really engaging for older kids um, who are studying really complex things mm -hmm. because then you really, really have to have to really know your content. Right. And what it, again, it's another option than just a traditional study guide. Mm -hmm. And then they can like, you could create some, but then if you have older students, they could create oh, for, them too. Yeah, they could. You know, create a guess the fib for your partner or for another group. Maybe groups could do it or whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They would have fun with that, I think. I think so too. I like that one. All right. And the next one is also a Kagan strategy. It's called Team Stand and Share. So teams, which are just groups of students, are given a prompt, and that's by me. A, a prompt or a question, and they make a list of answers. So they're creating reasons why we should engage our students or strategies that I could do to incorporate in writing or um, important things to know about frogs or whatever. Mm -hmm. So the teams, uh, each team gets together, and I usually make them stand while they're doing it, and they make their list on a whiteboard or a piece of paper or et cetera. Yeah. And then we take it a little bit deeper. So after everyone, maybe they've been given two minutes or whatever to make their list. Okay, girls and boys sit down. What we're going to do now is each team will get to stand and they will share out their list and you are responsible at your seat for checking off anything that is that the team shares that's on your list. And so it gives that accountability for listening. Yeah. And yeah. then I say, if, if you hear something that that the team that's standing shares and you don't have it on your list, add it. Yeah. <laughs> that is a great time. This is a way to get information. Mm -hmm. That's what this is all about. So I, I would really recommend, you know, just one or two prompts to do this with. You wouldn't do this for, your, you know, all the questions that you wanted to review. But this is a strategy that they, it's, it's not, it's a review strategy. Okay. Because they have to know all the content to be able to make a list of right. reasons or whatever. Yeah. Okay. So what you, what you could do in yours is if you're teaching a phonics rule, the kids could make a list of words that incorporate that rule. Oh, that's good. And then they could stand and share uh -huh. their words. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. That's a good one. Or my Greek and Latin roots. Mm -hmm. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. are just lesson planning for you oh, all week. <laughs> I'm telling you. Thank you, Laura. Okay. I have Circle the Sage. I love Circle the Sage. So you pose, the teacher poses a question and then asks for experts or sages okay. on this topic. And you get three or four volunteers who are willing to share with a group. So they take a corner in the room. And then you divide the, divvy the other students up and then the sage speaks to that topic. Oh, so kind of like a guest teacher. Yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, they're in different, they're in different locations and the students are gathered around them. And then at the end, the other kids say, thank you for sharing the oh, information. So I learned so much from I you know, or whatever. And then team members, each team then shares what they've learned out to the group. Okay. So th that's the thing about so many of these strategies is you have to have the accountability piece in it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. They can write it down, but mm -hmm. they need to share out what they've learned. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Oh, I had something. Oh, and something else is you are telling the kids where to go. So it's not you've got no. four sages and you go pick who you want to listen to. Now that will create drama in your classroom. We don't need drama. We do not need any added drama. No, and so not. you are assigning and that could just be counting off or divide your room. If you're closest to Kim, you go to Kim or whatever. Yeah. All right. Okay. My next one is talking chips. So I have cap erasers in my hand, but I have used uh, math manipulatives for this in my classroom and I keep them in my little table bins. So you get four and I have four and our imaginary friend has four over here. And we are going to discuss, oh, let's, let's, today let's discuss why is attendance in school so important? Okay. And so every time Kim has a point to say, she puts it, she puts one eraser in the middle of the table. Okay. And then when I say something, I can put it in the middle of the table. But my say something has to be more than yes or no. Okay. <laughs> like it has to be a contribution to the group. And so every time I'm contributing, I put my eraser in there. And I only have four. You only have four. Now, this is, you know, I'm sure you can't tell, but I'm a monopolizer. And so little monopolizer Laura is going to run out of erasers very quickly. And then you have to be quiet. And then I have to be quiet. Um, And so, but that also is accountable for my little quiet ones Mm -hmm. that they have to talk. And this is very hard for your quiet ones. And so, you know, that's where knowing your kids can be really helpful because you'll be circulating in the room, maybe doing a lean down, a whisper, or or maybe a little, if you have groups, if you have not talked about these things and you could write them up on the board, make sure that your group talks about these reasons or whatever. Okay. But it, it protects your monopolizers and it protects your quiet ones. Yeah. Because so. then they're, they're going to share something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. But I, I have loved these. And then what happens is when we all, when we all contributed all four and every, no one has any, then we separate them back up okay. and the conversation continues. Okay. So it doesn't have to stop until the teacher calls. Yeah. It does not stop, and, but it's just making sure, you know, you're not going to give the kids 20 because right. they're going to be playing with 20 things, but it's just four quick, four or five quick things and they'll just reuse them. Okay. So, Or you could say, girls and boys, I, I have four questions, or ladies and gentlemen, I have four questions posed up on the board for you, your groups to discuss. And each question, all the erasers has to be have to be in the pot before you move to question two. You could structure it like that. Okay. Good stuff. So, I like talking chips a yes. bunch. All right. This next thing is so much fun. And I've done this with high school kids. Oh, Kim taught me this a long time ago. And it is one of my favorite strategies. It's called vocabulogs. Uh, You and I would be partners and we would work together to create a dialogue to explain a shared uh, vocabulary word. Mm -hmm. But here's the thing. You, You only have 30 seconds. Both people have to say a minimum of two sentences each. And you can, you can change the form of the word, but, um, it has to stay with the meaning It has, and you can't just say the definition, right? You can't repeat the definition because it's vocabulogue dialogue. That's right. It is a conversation. So it has to make sense. That's right. So you use the correct context of the word to try and get your classmates to really understand. So we have this little skit. It's mm-hmm. like a little skit. The kids really, I thought high school kids were really like, oh. College know. kids love this. They did. <laughs> they did. It's they did. fun. It's fun. And a lot of times to help the students, I will say, you know, identify a role. Like you could be the principal and I can be the teacher and we'll do a uh-huh. skit to define this. Or you're the scientist and you are the student or the listener to the lecture or whatever. And that, that kind of helps scaffold their planning of their skit. Mm-hmm. So when Kim was saying 30 seconds, that's the actual presentation. They're going to need a little bit longer oh, to plan. Yes. So you give them their vocabulary word and a sheet and it's in the show notes. Um, and they will plan out their vocabulary, mm-hmm. the sentences that they're going to say and remembering that they can't just repeat the definition. That's the hardest part. Yeah. It has to be a natural flow of language. Mm-hmm. They get so creative. 
<laughs> they get so creative. Each student has to have two sentences each. And so they, there will be at least participation. Uh-huh. And, um, you know, four sentences. They mm-hmm. have to get the point across in four sentences. So they have to be concise and clear. Mm-hmm. But they enjoyed that little skit. That was easy. Oh, it's so easy. And that's that's for those vocabulary words that that aren't just for your weekly thing. Those are words that they really need to know and Very understand. Very content specific. Mm-hmm. We did that in, in a history class and in science classes. And they really, really worked hard on it. Mm-hmm. But then by, at the end of the day, when this lesson's over, the kids really have a good understanding of that vocabulary word or those words and they can use it and they can use it. Mm -hmm. That's, that's the big thing is they can use that word. And I would typically pair two groups up to perform their skits. Or if it's a small class, then each one of my pairs could, Mm -hmm. could perform. Yeah. But there is, there is laughter and there is fun. It is fun. And when we tie emotion in with learning, it sticks. That's right. Memories are tied to emotions. Mm -hmm. Okay. My last one is called a three-step interview. And so again, my table mats are activated. I did this with my group of teachers at, at the end of a big unit. It was, okay, what does it take to be an effective teacher? And so this was a very meaty question. And the three-step interview would require a meaty question. But what would happen is partner A, I would look at my partner B and say, Kim, what does it take to be an effective teacher? And then I am zipped-lipped. I am listening to her. I am interviewing her. And so she's talking to me. And then when I when she finishes, I thank my interviewer because that's what people do. Mm-hmm. And then she asked me the same question. Okay. So, so we a, are talking inter- about the same thing. Mm-hmm. Just different points of view. A interviews B, B interviews A. And then what we do when we both have shared, we talk about what's important to remember from our conversation. Then our partners who are in front of us, we have a conversation about what was important from our interviews. What they got from it. Mm-hmm. Wow, it's the debriefing. Yeah, so the three steps is A interviews B, B interviews A, and then the the interview pairs share with each other. Okay. It's really beautiful for, you know, discussions about characters, discussions about great topics, or just when we need to hash out a reflection. Mm-hmm. I love this three-step interview. And I put it to a timer, you know, A will interview B, and B will talk for two minutes. It's a and long time. It is a long time, but it forces. It's not hard for us. It's not. <laughs> yeah, we could talk about this for four hours. Is your time limit? Yeah. But you know, and you just you decide on your time limit. Does this question need thirty seconds? Does it need a minute? Does it need two minutes? But you want to push your people to think a little bit deeper than just spouting off information and being done. You want them to chew. Okay. Hmm. Highly recommend it. Sounds like a plan. Are we done? I think that's, that's all. That's mine. Those are your, yep. Those are ours. Okay. All right. Before we, so those are, that's actually 11 strategies. And really there were a few strategies and strategies. Yeah. Within strategies. But we want to quickly talk to you about advice for implementing strategies, because this is a big thing. You know, teachers will get excited about something. They'll go to their room, they implement it and they're, oh, that did not turn out great. Or, you know, they're frustrated. So we just wanted to give you some simple advice um, for these. I have been taught that when I am going to do a strategy that, especially like a very busy one, that I should teach it out of content before I teach it in content. So maybe the day before I'm going to use three-step interview, I just have them talk about their favorite things about Saturdays. Okay. And so it's out of content. It's very low level thinking, but I teach them the procedure Mm -hmm. of the strategy. And then tomorrow when I'm ready to talk about, we know why is 
why is having a positive attitude so important? Then they know the structure and they can focus on the content. Okay. So that, well, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We kind of want to free up brains as much as possible to Mm -hmm. focus on what's necessary. And when you teach a strategy, you need to teach the procedures of it. So that needs to be the brain focus. Right. But once they know the procedure, then you can really focus on the content. Procedures always come first. Uh, oh, man. Would procedures <laughs> always come first. That they cannot learn until they that procedure is underground. Well, if I'm if I'm wanting them to go deep and they don't know the strategy, they're going to their attention will be split mm-hmm. and the focus of their learning will not be on right. what I want it to be on. Right. So a divided. Mm hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Attention. Also, we got to work on the volume control. Oh man. Volume control is big and kids need to be talking. They need to be talking a lot. I cannot do all the talking. Because you're doing all the learning. Because I'm doing all the learning, but we have to really emphasize the volume control. And, and the reason not just being quiet because the other people across the hall, it's really talking about bringing that SEL, that social emotional learning about why we're quiet and how it helps brains in our rooms, mm-hmm. how it helps you as an individual, and really what does it look like, what does it sound like, right. all those things. Because uh, that not only is it distracting, but it can cause anxiety for a lot of children. Introverted children cannot handle all that, mm-hmm. and it's just too much for them. It is. It is too much, and that they will shut down. Mm-hmm. And so it's trying to really do that balance of we want kids talking, but we do not want it to be overstimulating or right. wild or out of control. Right. And it's better to pick with one, pick one thing, one strategy. So mm-hmm. say I'm going to do, uh, I don't know, like round robin or whatever, or maybe I'm going to do add and pass. Maybe that's my strategy, but let's don't do 14. Let's just, we've got 11 here. <laughs> let's right. pick one. Let's do one. And kind of get it down. And then we don't want to wear out strategies. So we don't want to no. keep on keeping on, but just massage get it, down. it a little bit. <laughs> and then just massage it a little bit. And then, you know, move on. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You do other things. But, and some of these strategies, the, the procedures are so similar. Right. That once you get the strategy, oh. that those procedures down, even the, the robins and the circles, so many of them. And it's, I think it's beautiful to say, okay, guys, we know how to do Rally Robin. This is like Rally Robin, except we're going to add on this right. step or whatever. Right. So once you get one down, mm-hmm. adding a new strategy is not going right. to be a challenge. Yeah. Um, planning, 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 planning. Oh, planning. man. It's just, I mean, planning is just a, a teacher's best friend. And the more that, the more you think about, how will my kids move into this strategy? How will they, how long do I want them to do it? What questions will I ask them? Mm-hmm. The better plan you are, the better these strategies will go. And talk it out with a friend. Yeah, talk, call your Kim yeah. and talk it out. Yeah. Tell me what's going to go. You've got to think about what's going to go wrong. Mm-hmm. And you know, I, you and I have done a lot of coaching. The one thing that I notice when there is an issue, when it's, it's, um, they're not engaged or they're, they're too loud or they didn't complete the task. Mm -hmm. It is very often, and I hate to say this and I don't want to offend anybody, but it's very often just too short, too little planning on the front end. Yeah. Or not enough communication, not enough communication. Yeah. So if if I'm planning and I'm talking it out with a friend, you know, I want to try this next week, Laura. Mm -hmm. Help me think about what could go wrong. Yeah. What do I need to have in place? Well, because things will go wrong. I mean, we're, we're dealing with young Absolutely. people. But but a lot of times, and this is true in my own life too, it's just that I haven't planned it well. Mm-hmm. And thought through every step mm-hmm. of the way. Yeah. I, I think that's where visual support of the directions really comes into play, especially if it's multi, you know, step one, step two, like A interviews B for two minutes, B interviews, like, I would have those steps on my board or on my smart board. And of course I would share them out with the kids, but that is their reminder. So I can always give my teacher look to a group and point to that board and be like, get on task is pretty much what I'm communicating. But also we just forget. Yeah. And so as, as much as we can remind kids of the structure it will. They do need visuals. Mm-hmm. I use posters all the time. They're not all up all the time, but I pull them out 
for when I need to introduce introduce something new. That kind of goes along with my program. But one thing that's important that goes along with that is modeling. Oh, so absolutely. We uh, code and read sentences every day. Well, not every day. It depends on if we're doing A days and B days, but we code and read sentences. And I have moved with my higher, my kids who are further along in books to coding the new learning um, words that have prefixes and suffixes and base words and then multisyllabic words. Okay. But I need to show them Mm -hmm. one sentence. You know, I'm going to show you what I want you to do. Right. And walk you through it. And I've really started the interactive modeling with that. Um, since our podcast, was uh-huh. but um, they have, they need to be shown and I can show them today, but I need to show them again tomorrow <laughs> and I'm going to need to show them again the next mm-hmm. day because one, they, one I mean, time doses usually don't no, work. They don't, they don't. No. Oh, I had something to say. I bet it was good. <laughs> it's always good. <laughs> Thank you for your confidence. <laughs> Oh, uh, we'll just encourage you guys to try to implement some different. Oh, no, there is one thing prompting for 100 percent. Oh, OK. As you're teaching and guiding your students through it, because after you model, then you're still going to be providing step by step instructions for and scaffolding them. them. And scaffolding them. Mm-hmm. But we are prompting for 100 percent implementation mm-hmm. and that will get you where you want to be. So we will wait, you know, if it's maybe I've had the students stand up and they have their hand up and that's you're supposed to find a partner with your hand up and to pair up. And, you know, I'll say, okay, everybody, let's stand up. I am waiting. I am waiting impatiently for everybody to stand up. All right. Get that hand up. And, you know, just waiting for that 100 percent because. You want to ensure everybody understands it. Mm-hmm. And I know you've got that sister or brother in your classroom that takes 14 years, but a little social pressure will probably speed them up. Mm-hmm. But you are just ensuring that they get this down so the focus can be on the content. That's right. Okay. Well, please make sure you're following us on social media. Mm-hmm. We have some fun new things to do we on do social media. We don't want you to miss it. Many of you are liking our posts, which we so appreciate, but we want you to be a follower so you don't miss anything. That's right. Because we add content to our social media and we, we really need them to see it. Yeah. We hope it helps you. We do. Please share this podcast with others. Write and review on the podcast apps that you're using. Doing this will help other people find us. We hope that today's helped you in some way. Our goal is to help one teacher help one student. See you next time. Bye.